in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while bullyproofing portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your Sound Money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. To receive your complimentary and personalized financial income plan, give us a call at 513-575-9654. If you're seeking advice on an old 401k, 403b, some type of employer-sponsored plan, even an NUA analysis, here's the point. If you're no longer with the company, then as a rule, your money should not be there either. So we can help you roll that out, take control, whether it be in a tax-neutral IRA. Give us a call, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, share your thoughts to team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, today we're going to be discussing financial goals to hit before retirement. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then for many people, it can be a, a milestone of some sort. It could be the, the true planned completion of leaving the workplace, maybe a sign more between you and your employer, um, something you've kind of negotiated. Or it could be, like for so many, it's a milestone. It's more of a milestone birthday. And it's a good reminder as life changes, so do needs and circumstances. So for you, whether it's the big 5 the 6 the 6-5, age. Well, age might be just a number, but obviously when you're no longer a kid and maturity is much better than it's cracked up to be, I think maturity has been a pretty decent ride. I wish I knew then what I know now. That should be a song. Yeah, Uh, maybe it is. I mean, if it's not, we need to work that one up. But, um, you know, birthdays, instead of really dreading them, um, you could, you could do some things productively, like enjoy them, um, embrace the wisdom, update your financial life, uh, by hitting certain targets and embrace overall the coming decades ahead because you need to plan for it. Again, these are going to be a couple decades in a row, you know, consecutively where you're constructively unemployed. So what's the plan? I guess the milestone of a birthday can be a reminder to get the plan dusted off or get one together and get it ready to be implemented. But James, we're going to be covering several of these goals. And why don't you take us through one? Well, when it comes to retirement, what is that retirement date? Does it coincide with one of these milestone birthdays? I know some people, they want to work until the age of 65 because, well, that's when Medicare kicks in for most people. But again, does that fit your particular plan? Are you in control of when you're going to retire? Or is the company the one who's going to be dictating maybe when you retire? So those those are maybe some issues that might be, I, I'd say, stuff to deal with. And then yeah. we'll try to help throughout the show today. That's one of those things, too. When you think about, can you retire? Do you have enough? Enough money? Well, enough money relative to what? Maybe, James, maybe it's relative to debt. Yeah, the first two are really about debt and spending, having these under control. And as far as debt is concerned, first and foremost, it's a cost of money issue. And, you know, when we look at people with a, a mortgage, well, what's your cost of the mortgage? What's your interest rate that you're paying? Hopefully, it's a fixed interest rate, so you have a fixed cost, but is it under control based on what your spending habits and also your your income, your inflows versus your outflows? So when we look at what you might call industry rules of thumb, there's the 28% threshold, there's the 36% threshold. 28 means that 
you have no more than 28% of your pre-tax household income going to servicing your home debt. That means your principal, your interest, your taxes, your insurance, your PITI, if you like acronyms about that. 36% threshold means 36%, again, of your pre-tax income should go to all of your combined debt. That includes, of course, your mortgage, but it also includes your credit card debt, your student loan debt, if you still have automobile debt, you know, car loans, etc. All those add up. And once again, depending upon if you're carrying monthly balances on some of these different accounts, your interest rate starts creeping up, especially with those credit cards, where you might be paying double digit interest rates. That's especially destructive when we look at the cost of money issue. Greg, what are some approaches? Well, you can add new debt only when, um, how about you can easily handle it? You pay off credit card balances before the interest is applied. If you do any of those um, uh, one-year same-as-cash deals, I have nothing against that as long as you honor the one-year before interest starts to pile on because, like you mentioned, James, those interest rates are not friendly whatsoever. And then listing all your debts except for, say, um, well, the house, all of those other types of monthly expenses. You know, for many, you'll have a house payment for most of your life. If you do resolve to pay it off, then good for you. If you determine that's a cost of money at a reasonable interest rate, that'll just be a foundational expense that you'll you'll pad into your budget for the rest of your forever, then so be it. I mean, that's all what planning's about. There is not necessarily one shoe fits all. But when you list all these debts, the smallest balance should be the number one priority. Now, I'm going to call this avalanche because I'm not a fan of some people who are in the money business who aren't really money If we're talking about snowfall, whether it be a snowball or an avalanche, it still means you're productively finding ways to pay off your debt. Yes. So in this case, we'll call it the avalanche approach because once it starts, it just starts to roll all downhill into a point to where, wow, you just accomplished it. I mean, it's a new face of the mountainside. But you list those smallest balances first of all the balances, and you start knocking out the smallest payments, of course. And then once you complete the monthly amount due on the smaller payment, um, you have that money to apply to the next and then the next and the next. And then before you know it, you have an avalanche of solution going in your favor. The wind is to your back. So it makes a huge difference in everyday life uh, when you use this methodology because you do knock out your debts one by one until smallest to largest, they're all eventually gone. And then if you'll resist the temptation to replace um, the cash flow with new debt. It's like, wow, we got that knocked out. Let's do something else and go in debt all over again. Now nah, resist that. As you approach retirement, you need to systematically get to where you're deleveraged and to where only the most basic of more like variable expenses are in your favor. The fixed costs need to be kind of like something you've resolved um, by and large. So pay off the first, um, <clears throat> excuse me, when you pay off that first debt of the smaller debt and then you tackle the next and the next you, you get the idea it's it's not complicated it's just doing it like so many things in life and these each debt paid off and your cash flow increase and the bigger debts will be gone sooner than, than later you know before you know it, they'll just be gone then you can turn your guns of cash flow excess cash flow towards other things other priorities maybe splitting it up between additional pay down on mortgage if you have a low interest rate maybe don't do that if you have 10 or 15 years away from retirement and you can pay your mortgage and it's it's satisfied on or before the time you retire anyway, well, just let it be. Use all that other ex, extra cash flow for your financial future. Don't worry about the, the, the vulture bankers of the world. They're going to be fine. They made the deal with you when they did the mortgage. Let them live with it. Let them stew over it. Let them marinate with that uh, 3 or 4% interest or whatever you might be fortunate to still have in a today's 7 plus percent interest rate environment. I mean, 
anyone who tells you to pay off a low interest loan prematurely is an idiot. I mean an idiot. It's not a financial guru. They're not someone to be worshipped for their knowledge as it relates to financial services because they have none. That's just, that's balderdash. Everything's relative. Everything matters. Everything's a metric that lines up to the best decision. There's no just carte blanche, do this because everyone does that. Where would that have gotten you in life if you followed that advice? Anyway, the concept, if your mortgage eats a quarter or a third of your monthly pay, then yeah, it's, it's likely getting a tax-free raise of that amount when you can get those, those paychecks to stop going that direction. I mean, again, in a plan, in the context of a plan, you'll know what debts need to be tackled, which ones can be maintained, which ones are a fair rate of return on cost of money. As James said, it's a cost of money story. And then which ones will be resolved on time prior to your retirement. So it all just lines up. That sounded a lot like a plan, the elements of a plan. But anyway, first and foremost, do a cost of money analysis. See where you're at. Itemize your debts. Um, if the cost of money is relatively cheap, 3 to 5%, then consider the potential benefits of just leaving some of that leverage in place. It's called an arbitrage. Anytime you can do something with a higher purpose, higher rate of return, or higher benefit or value with your money, then carrying the cost of something that has a cost of money associated with it, the difference, the difference between those two is called an arbitrage. That's a positive benefit. That's exactly what banks do. They acquire money at a lower cost, they deploy it at a higher rate, and they live off the difference. And don't you stay up worrying about them late at night. They're doing just fine. And you can replicate that, that, that policy, that process in some areas of your life too. It's as if you're being your own bank is what Greg is saying on that one. All right. Next one is about spending, having that under control. So once again, if you're, let's just say an empty nester, the children, or as we like to say, the chitlins have gone from the home, they're out of school, you may have more money on hand now, and it's tempting to spend it. Here we go back to the spending again. After all, you know, the neighbors, the Joneses, they might be living it up. And yes, you've worked hard to get there. It's nice to have all these expensive toys. Yes, have fun, enjoy life, but don't shortchange your retirement goals. Stay within the plan. That's even if you have a plan, right? So if you're well-employed, and that's typically when you're in your 40s and the 50s, and sometimes for people in their 60s, think of it as like a gift. It's probably the best earning years of your life. This is when it should be that you start doubling down on savings. That means putting more into to those retirement plans at work. That means your 401ks, your 403bs, if you have additional cash flow, put monies into IRAs and also into non-qualified retirement accounts. Yes, it all starts adding up over time. And that's the other point is retirement is likely going to last a long, long time. That's when you also need to start thinking about how or maybe if you'll change your spending patterns and your habits once you are in retirement. Greg, any thoughts? No, not really. I, I do think that... Um... That, that's clearly a go-to, keeping spending under control. Let your excess cash go into your future and prepare for retirement that could last much longer than you might anticipate. So when we come back, we'll continue with some of the financial goals to hit before retirement. And you're listening to, uh, well, the Sound Money Investment Show. Right here on 55KRC, the talk station. 
Opinions expressed are solely those of Brown Financial Advisors and should not be interpreted as specific advice. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified investment advisors prior to implementation. Market-based investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Insurance-based investments offer guarantees based upon the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. All insurance, tax, and mortgage services are offered through Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors, LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are an independent RIA. That's a registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients, not companies. That's Main Street and not Wall Street. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? So hitting financial goals that you need to do so before retirement. And we talked about, you know, it might be an age, a milestone that you're targeting at, you know, 65. James threw in that that's a good age for some because it's Medicare. Get some health insurance working for you when you leave the company or a group plan. And then we talked about taming your debt, being aware of what percentage of your money and cash flow is going out the door towards debt. And as you get deleveraged, keep it that way. Keep spending under control, make wise decisions. And then transition here to like number three, retirement goals defined. Set concrete goals for retirement savings. Just do it. It's not going to do itself. It's something you can always push off to tomorrow, but you'll regret doing so. Just do it now. Do it today. And if necessary, you know, the kids can find a way to pay for their own things. I'm going through a painful transition in my life. I think we've all been there as adults and as parents and um, when to throttle back and what to do, what not to do in terms of support. The old saying is, you know, you can provide a roof, some food, and a place to sleep and some prayer. But beyond that, when they're north of, you know, say 21 even, it's time to get serious about uh, pushing baby bird out of the nest and seeing if they can learn to fly. And um, gosh, that's just, that's, that's better medicine right there. But you got to do it. So set retirement income goals now so that if you're short financially and you're doing some projections and you find that it's just not on track, there's still time to improve things, right? So there's several approaches. One is to shoot for savings of 10 times your annual household income, by your mid-50s to early 60s, 10 times your annual household income. That's the target to have productively in savings in a nest egg. So if you collectively earn $80,000 a year, uh, your IRA, 401k, or similar retirement bucket of money should approach 800000 10 times that collective earned annual household amount. So another, let's see how far your current retirement savings might take you. In this example, let's look at a nest egg of a $1 million dollars that will last 20 years if you withdraw 50000 a year at 5% annual return on that residual money. So assuming your investments simply keep place within, in, in pace with inflation, you should see that um, that would work that way, right? I mean, if inflation's running 3 to 5% and you're growing 5% and your money's growing at that 5% at 50000 a year on a million dollars, it should last 20 years. But what if you only have $100,000 saved? Ouch. It'll buy you two years of retirement. You need to die on time. Who wants to do that? You don't want to outlive your money. So now is the time to not only come and see us. Um, our phone number is 513-575-9654, 575-9654. 
or business online, brownfinancialadvisors.com, uh, or send us an email, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com, and we'll help you with this because part of knowing how much to save and how much what you have will last is to project it, to plan for it. We'll put together a complimentary financial plan. We'll assess where you're at. We'll look at your current investments. We'll show you the internal spreads, fees, margins, loads, and expenses. And if you're taking too much risk, what kind of risk, the inefficiencies, the redundancies, we'll pull it all out. We'll put it back together like putting a a puzzle uh, together by piece to match the picture on the box so it's all beautiful and wonderful and awesome and get you on track. And we'll be able to determine your shortfall, what you need to do about it on a monthly basis, get your debt in line. Um, We'll be able to show you that you'll succeed on purpose, not happenstance. It's a good thing. It's all complimentary. Let us help you help yourself. Just take that step. You'll invest a little time with us. We'll invest time and resources in you. And I think you'll be very well pleased. But uh, James, that's a little bit about retirement goals defined. What's next? Well, part of the retirement goal should be how are you getting there in the first place? Part of that is tied to your rate of your contribution. So the the point and the goal of this one on your retirement contributions, that means your retirement plans at work. That also might mean your privately invested retirement savings. Make or try to make your contributions where they're inching up steadily. So what that means is if you're deferring, let's just say 5% into your savings, your investments, bump it up to 8%. Or maybe if cash flow is okay, do 10%. Then six months later, give yourself another raise. Keep it going until you've reached your goal. So if you're saving 10%, can you do 12 or maybe even 15%? And automate the deduction so that you don't see the money. So, you know, that's the beauty of tax withholdings. And, and I'm saying this maybe as a compliment to the government because they know the game. If you never had the money, it's as if you never missed it, right? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that old journey song, be good to yourself, Uh, be good to yourself and your your future self in particular, do these things, do these steps. You'll be surprised how you can start living without some of this money. It'll force you into a different um, spending trend and a better savings trend. Well, another decision tree also comes in, whether you put monies into your traditional accounts versus your Roth accounts, especially at work. And as far as your contribution percentages also at work, is there an employer match? And if there is an employer match, by all means, make sure you get that particular match. Otherwise, you're almost, it's as if you're turning down free money. You're, tu- you're turning down a raise, if you will. So if the employer matches 3%, that's the minimum you should contribute is 3%. If they're doing 5%, well, then that's the minimum you should do is 5%. And then the decision tree about traditional versus Roth, think of that as, do you want your tax breaks now or do you want your tax breaks later? Do you want to pay taxes on the seed or do you want to pay taxes on the harvest? And, you know, maybe an, an approach doesn't have to be maybe either or. It could be a combination of both. So if you are in a relatively high tax bracket and you put monies into the Roth, just know that you're foregoing that tax deduction when you're in a higher tax bracket. That's the incentive that the government provides to put monies into a traditional account is that you get a large tax deduction up front but then you pay taxes later at time of distribution. Yeah, and it's, I just have a, I have a problem with tax-trapped money. I know there's a certain amount of free money you should take advantage of, but any amount that you're able to save above the free match of the company, consider investing into your, your individual, your, your private retirement plan, like one that we've been set up together. Age is also a factor. 
And then the you, younger you are, the more you should put into the Roth is, as a rule, what you should do. Just imagine what that will do. And never forget, money in tax-deferred accounts is forever taxed. And we want you to change your mindset towards to never taxed money. That's the ticket. Taxes will go up. There's a 95% probability. I just saw some statistic. I, I should know the source. There's that word, statistic. But it said there is a 95% chance that taxes will be higher in your retirement 10 years from now than they are today. Taxes are lower. We always think taxes are high. Historically, they're pretty low right now. Interest rates, 7 plus percent, 30-year mortgage, people are just just screaming. But you know what? In the context of time, they're still pretty pretty low. So all things relative. We, we can't be caught flat-footed and short-sighted in any of these financial matters. So let's transition to some Social Security. Social Security will help you with Social Security maximization, pension maximization. Just come in. We'll give you direction on how to do that. If you're looking at a company buyout or you're leaving a company and need to roll over your 401k or you have highly appreciable stock like a P&G or uh, Kellogg's or GE or any number of the old companies that are around, large companies that just put a lot of their own company stock into your 401k, we need to talk about maybe the NUA um, uh, strategy and approach. Greg, what's NUA? James? Oh, I'm glad you asked. NUA stands for Net Unrealized Appreciation. It's a way, sometimes a very effective way, for those who are fortunate enough to have highly appreciated company stock inside their retirement plan at work to separate the cost basis from that appreciation, pay ordinary tax rates on the basis, and pay capital gains tax rates on that appreciation. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Let's say you had a $750,000 account balance of company-held stock, and um, 100000 of it was cost basis. Okay, so the hundred thousand would be taxed as ordinary income. The difference, the other six hundred fifty thousand would be taxed on long-term capital gains. So somewhere between zero and fifteen percent, or maybe twenty percent, but still twenty percent versus thirty-five, thirty-seven, or forty percent. Yeah, that's a tremendous savings, and that's an upfront savings. And then that money still left in your investment coffers will have the benefit of exponential time and time value of money to expand and flourish at a point in time where you're not going to be working anymore, right? We just gave the analysis. You just you just stepped into retirement. So I can't tell you how often this is not done correctly. You go to a brokerage firm, a bank, um, a, really a, a financial advisor wannabe, and their go-to is just take your 401k, roll it to an IRA. Boom, you just lost that. You just lost that value. That's bad advice, and there's plenty of it out there. Plenty of it. We just it's not for consensus. everyone. You should definitely take that in consideration, though. It's like that analogy about measure twice and then cut once. So before you make that fateful decision of rolling something out into an IRA, at least do the analysis of the NUA to see if it does or does not make sense in your particular situation. Yeah. There's more. There's much more. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. And it does all start with the plan. That means actually having a plan, knowing what you own and why you own it. So when you're seeking advice on an old 401k, 403b, IRA rollover, investment planning, retirement planning, income planning, 
tax planning, it's that time of the year again, social security maximization, Roth conversion analysis, NUA analysis, and for some, perhaps even an in-service rollover. All those and more we can help, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, y'all. Well, we uh, left off with um, our financial goal of Social Security maximization, make sure it's on track. We will do Social Security maximization reports, pension maximization reports, and help you with um, any buyouts or transitions you might be making from the company. All things that are relevant to income planning, financial planning, it'll be complimentary. We just want to get you on the right track and then see how we can work together. And and everything will be quite transparent um, in terms of what we do, how we do it. We're holistic. Insurance, taxes, investments, estate planning, investment management, um, income and financial planning, Social Security maximization, pension maximization, uh, company buyouts, rollovers, the whole, the kitchen sink. We are truly the Mayo Clinic of Financial Services and want to help you out in each of these areas. And it comes up a lot about folks being pessimistic about the Social Security program and their chances of getting their benefit. And that's just, you need to find better things to worry about, folks, really. Don't let this get into your head. Um, Congress has increased taxes how many times over the years, James? Well, they're 40 and 0, let's say, say it that way. So when it comes time to do bailouts or adjustments or tweaks to Social Security, they show up just in time with your money, our money, taxes. So we talked about the likelihood and probability taxes continue to go up in the future, and we need to get wise about how we transition from forever tax to never tax with our investment dollars and just do better at all this. Well, this area is true, too. Some of the taxes will be paired out, parsed, and, and put towards the Social Security program. It really is part of the social fabric of our country. So just, just again, find something else to worry about. May there be changes in the program? Sure. Adjustments and benefit at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, what age groups affected? Probably not 60 and above. If you're 60 and above today, probably not at all. Uh, somewhere between the 40 and 60 age band could be some changes in terms of cost contributions to the program, reduction of payroll through taxation, um, and maybe even deferrals of later points in time for certain age group people to start taking Social Security. You know, it's 62 is the earliest today. Who knows? Maybe that'll change later. But there will be viable adjustments throughout. So just don't stay up late worrying about that. Well, just some additional details about this. And this is going back to the milestone birthdays for some people. It is 62 because that's when, for retirement benefits, you can start drawing your retirement benefits. For others, it's 66 or 67 because that is full retirement age. Depending upon the year you're born, maybe it's somewhere in between 66 and 67. But that's... a. a you know, when, when we say ways that the government has raised taxes on the Social Security program, they've changed the, the full retirement age from 65 to 66, and now it's 67 for people born after 1960. It's a flat 67. You now have to work two additional years to get to the same benefits that you would have otherwise had before. And there's also the higher payroll taxes. So typically, the payroll tax increases are more, sometimes dramatically more, than the cost of living adjustments for the benefits coming out. So there's there's always ways that they've they've done, you know, to increase taxes, sometimes overtly, sometimes covertly. A covert way that they've raised taxes on the program is by the taxation threshold. That threshold was set back in the 1980s and has never been indexed to inflation. So you almost cannot escape getting tax on your Social Security benefits. 
And then for those who are drawing benefits, say, at age 62 or sometime before their full retirement age, they also, they, the government, if you decide you're also going to work during those years, put on an earnings test that says, well, depending upon how much you earn, currently it's, it's basically $20,000 and above you're subject to the earnings limit. Then they start doing a take back of your benefits. I know it sounds like a mugging and a beating. Sometimes it's just a mugging. But anyways, just know that all these different parts of the program should be a component of the plan. That means your retirement plan, your income plan, which are different things that we can help you with at Brown Financial Advisors and our phone number, again, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. Greg? Well, let's look at investments. Some of the aspects of investments not being fee-wise in performance foolish. Okay, sometimes fees are overemphasized. Um, you can have a reasonable fee with exceptional service and performance, also known as value, the old price versus value conundrum where someone will be penny-wise, pound-foolish. Um, we run into that a lot. Major brokerage firms and platforms, Wall Street in general, will loss-lead fees, and what you get in exchange is a lower perceived fee but a higher total cost of doing business shown in inefficiencies, uh, lagging performance, um, redundancy in internal cost and loads that they extract from the inside out to get paid more so that their fee plus all these other uh, component costs equal a much higher total cost of ownership. Wow, that's a lot. But wouldn't you know, it's just like the magician. Do you watch the sleeve or do you watch the hat or do you watch the hand? Either way, a rabbit's going to pop out of a black top hat. You don't even know how. The same thing's happening to you over time. That is why these, these people have football stadiums named after themselves. That's why they have Super Bowl commercials, all with your money. These, <clears throat> excuse me, these lavish facilities. That ought to be a turnoff to you. If you do the analysis, which takes about this much, hey, that's my money. Right. So this area of fees is very sensitive because you don't really know the total cost. We need to analyze that together. So fees paid to manage retirement savings, well, it might appear low, but what's an extra 2 or 3%? That's common with, virtu- um, with virtually any variable annuity we see, 3 to 5% actually in internal costs. If you have a variable annuity, come see us. You need to know. <clears throat> there are problems with that. Many investors out there, James, are just kind of like unwittingly paying far too much in fees, direct and indirect, mostly indirect. Again, it's the hidden cost. Losing tens of thousands of dollars that can be actually used for their own retirement. It's diminishing the dollars that are rightfully theirs, saved, worked for. Then at risk, people are taking too much risk with their money and don't even know the actual risk they're at. Um, I mean, I could go on. We need to do an analysis, and that's what we offer. Yes, uh, it's, it's what we call our PAR process. So once again... We love acronyms, so does the government, so should you, right? So our five-step portfolio analysis review, otherwise known as the PAR, takes an inventory of your portfolio and does a comprehensive, what we call a 360-degree approach. It's, it's an effective way in helping, you know, really to map your route to financial clarity, helps provide answers on the following questions regarding your investments. For starters, how many brokerage accounts do you have at each different custodian? How many redundancies, overlaps, and efficiencies do you own in each account? Sometimes when you look at your different funds and we pop open the hood and see what's underneath, 
you'll find that you have the same underlying investments. That means the stocks or the individual positions, sometimes four, five, eight times, all because you have different funds that have overlaps, which are inefficiencies and redundancies in your portfolio. How much income do you receive from your investments? You know, in retirement income, cash flow, cash flow is king. How is your portfolio's risk balanced with your potential rewards? Do you know the fees and expenses, direct and indirect, for your brokerage accounts? And how could they affect your portfolio's long-term returns? Yeah, the PAR process, it, the portfolio review process, complimentary again. Just we need to know what you have. You need to know what you have. How can you proceed forward when you don't have the foundation clearly understood? So it creates the detailed account of your investments. Organizing your portfolio makes it easier altogether to comprehend. And there are differences, not just in total cost and methods and approach. What we have to offer in our arsenal, James, things like uh, buffered index portfolio. Now, that is a naming convention we've given to an active strategy. It's a market strategy. But I bet it's so highly unique you don't have one because we're boutique. We work for you. We're not Wall Street. We're Main Street working for Main Street. So one example here, let's say over 18 months' time, um, actually, yeah, let's look at the one that's 18 months. A begin and end point of 18 months from now through 18 months later, you take the result that occurs based on the lesser performing the S&P and the Dow. So whatever that publicly published index is, it's very visible data. You just look 18 months from now and say, what was the result? We take that result and you have two simple things to apply, a cap and a buffer. The cap in this case is 29%. What is the cap? It's the participation of the upside you get of the result. The upside potential. So what's a buffer? It's the amount that the strategy will absorb of the downside. The downside protection. So in this case, if the cap is 29% and the result of the S&P or the Dow, the lesser of the two, 18 months later is up 30%, you get 29%. That's the cap. If it made 25 and the cap's 29, you get 25. What if it's negative 15? What if from where the market is now, it goes lower by another 15%? The buffer is 20%. It absorbed the first 20%. So if it's down 15, you're down zero. If it's down 20, you're down zero. If it's down 25% and the buffer's 20, the first 20% being absorbed, you're down five. Where do you get things like this? We have them. We have one that caps at 22% the upside and 100% buffer the downside. There's no downside exposure. That's an annuity killer. You don't need an annuity when you have product or, or strategies like this. Anyway, we'll talk about it more when we return. And our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. But stay tuned to listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients, not companies. That's Main Street and not Wall Street. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Home offices in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, continuing financial goals to hit before retirement, whatever age that might be for you or time, point in time, we sure want to be prepared. want you to give us a call. Let us help you. Uh, contact us, email, uh, visit online, just request an appointment. It'll be complimentary, and there's a lot we're going to do to help you get started down the right path. Uh, we've covered a lot of items so far, but one of the areas you want to 
be sure to address is your will, the legal aspects, the estate planning related components. Uh, we have some services that will take you down uh, the path too in this area. Um, we call it enhanced legacy planning. And uh, there's a lot that can go into that, but it can be as simple as this too. So many people we meet mean to catch up on their will or get a will, power of attorney, healthcare directives, a trust if they need a trust, and just don't get around to it. So, um, you know, do you need a will? If you don't have one, probate is going to be the way for you. Do you want probate? It's very public. It's time-consuming. It's costly. It leads to delays. It takes a lot of time from interested parties and people you love and to some extent unnecessarily can burden uh, people you care about, right? So um, I would say, yes, you need a will. And do you have an estate? The old saying is, if you fog a mirror, you have an estate. So let's deal with this. Um, If you actually want to control over what happens to your investments, your property, your assets, your stuff, then you need to have some things done, and we'll help you get that done. And we have our state planning attorney in the wings, ready, willing, and able, and predetermine the cost. And James, this is a sensitive spot for me. I can't tell you how it wears on me to get these, these direct mail things from estate planning attorneys locally when I know I know the gig. And if you're getting these things and you're going to these workshops with these estate planners, buyer beware. What's really happening is you're being led through a couple of complimentary uh, engagements. And then about the second meeting in, you're going to be told that, well, the dealio is going to be three to $5,000 initially. Then there's going to be costs to settle your estate. These attorneys that are going after this, they're after the money up front and the money in settling your estate when the day comes. And whether it's a trust or a will, it's not cheap. So you need to know as much about the upfront cost. Well, you need to know as much about the total overall and ending cost when you're not here and some executor starting to write checks and didn't know the difference as you need to know about the upfront cost. And here's something else. It's a bait and switch. And I'm not going to name any names, although I have a list of them in my top right-hand drawer. And what they do is they'll flip you into their financial service buddy And it's really a trust mill where they lead you into some scare tactics over nursing home. What are you going to do? You're going to let the state take all your money and leave your spouse stranded. They work on fear. And that's some of the top fears, James, is fear of running out of money and fear of going to a nursing home. So they know the fear buttons to push. And then they, in the back door of their office, almost like a casino where there's a different game going on in the back of the old Italian restaurant, they'll get you in where they're going to flip your financial services into these these five, seven, 10-year annuitizations where it's a longevity annuity so that you get paid some income, you lose control of most of your estate through uh, cleverly created uh, irrevocable trust that you don't see coming, but you're still trying to solve for the nursing home fear bug. And then you end up getting into these financial service products where they're getting big fat commissions through their buddy who they're cross-licensed and it's sharing. I, I just, I guess the bottom line is, and here, here our attorney, we have all the estate uh, products and services laid out at a very fair price, a fraction of those costs of those trust mill environments. And no one's going to come pandering to you trying to solicit and take your financial services away from you, your accounts, your investments. It's just clean. You need legal and estate help, you get it. You get it at a very fair price, and we quarterback and champion it and watch over it and safeguard you and keep you under our wing. So if you're getting those in the mail, throw them away. Give us a call. We'll take care of your right. Because I see it happen too often. Our clients even get picked off occasionally from these things. It's very irritating. Anyway, you need your financial documents in order. We'll help you get it done. Get it behind you so you can enjoy your retirement. And one less thing that you have to worry about. Um, You know, that old saying, say it often on the show, 
Um, I heard it from a pastor one time that a, a man and woman should live their life in such a way that when they die, that's all they had to do. This is one of those things we need to get off your list. Here, here's a couple of reminders, though. Think of it this way. When we hear this, because it, it's, it gets asked a lot, you know, when people say, do I need a trust? And maybe the decision tree for that is, do you need to, or do you feel that need to be able to speak from beyond the grave? So there are times when a trust is relevant and is necessary, especially if you have maybe one of your loved ones has special needs. That's a common reason why people do need a trust. It also can help provide more control, maybe even privacy over your assets. It does help to avoid probate court. And sometimes it helps with complex assets as far as how do you properly divide those amongst your beneficiaries. But I want to caution with this where you can go a very long way towards doing everything properly is just having your beneficiary designation forms up to date. Properly named beneficiary forms will supersede your will, and oftentimes that's what a trust is designed to accomplish, when you can simply do the same thing by simply putting beneficiaries properly named and updated on each of your accounts, including your bank account. Yeah, we'll definitely do a beneficiary review as part of the analysis and review process. Uh, because we structure accounts and our relationships with clients in a probate-free fashion. So it can, you know, again, eliminate some of these unnecessary steps. People pay out the nose, get highly confused, and get drawn into things they have no business even being involved in. Um, James, how about giving back? Yes, committing to doing good in the world is a part of maturing. That means if you have maybe a budget, small or large, philanthropy, there's that word, allows you to express your values and connects you to the world in new terms. There's also maybe I'd say the personal satisfaction, and this is where you transition from being a child to being an adult at Christmas time, when really the gift of giving brings you more joy than receiving. So true. That's so true. And for those who have IRAs beyond a certain age, there's also a potential tax deduction, and there's also a new acronym to get familiar with. It's called QCD. It stands for Qualified Charitable Distributions. So as the rule currently states, If you're above age 70 and a half, which is not the same as the RMD age for people now, which is 72, maybe 73, heading upwards to 75. But as the rule currently states, if you're above 70 and a half, you can do a qualified charitable distribution up to $100,000, which means it may or may not coincide with your RMD amount at any particular age. But here's the point. If you take a distribution from your IRA as a qualified charitable distribution, it satisfies or it counts towards satisfying your RMD, but most importantly, it does not count as income on your tax return. That's a huge benefit for people when they're trying to decide if I'm going to donate to charity, church or otherwise, should I do that from, for example, our checking account or should I donate from my IRA? I definitely say if you're in the RMD years for sure, and you're giving what you give each year anyway, just align it up through the QCDs from your IRA and get kind of a double benefit from that. And if you're not otherwise getting a deduction on your tax return, that means from your checking account, that's all the more reason to donate from your IRA, especially if you don't need the cash flow for for living expenses. Definitely. Well, next up, long-term care. A plan in mind. Usually by, say, 50th birthday or so, it finally occurs to many of us that just maybe... Uh, As we get older, we might change addresses since many of us may end up in a skilled nursing facility um, in our old age, uh, at least for a short time. How do we pay for it? What's the best way? Are you going to pay dollar for dollar out of your checkbook? 
you have the right resources and assets, maybe that's the best way. Uh, at least consider planning. What's the plan? Whether it involves getting insurance, um, financing it yourself. Uh, we just we don't want to be surprised when the time comes and you're confronted with this. We want to have a plan and a playbook to pull out and implement that we already know some of the outcomes to navigate through. Long-term care insurance, asset-based long-term care protection plan, there are some excellent tools out there. There's the traditional, you know, use it or lose it, right? You pay so much a month, you get a benefit for two or three years worth of long-term care if, when, or ever you, you need it on a daily rate. Maybe it has an inflation rider, increases each year. With those, oftentimes costs jump up every three to five years. And sometimes later in life, you can't really afford it, but you can't afford to lose it and, and do without it because you're closer than ever before to needing long-term care. It kind of becomes a conundrum of its own. And then there's long-term care asset protection-based planning, which really, it's a life insurance plan that's not underwritten too much on the, your actual health status. Um, it's pretty forgiving, pretty flexible. What it really is, is a large amount of money you put into a policy that then doubles or triples for a death benefit and doubles, triples, sometimes quadruples for a long-term care benefit. You never need the long-term care, but you still die. It'll pay a tax-free death benefit. It's more than the premium that you ever paid in it. So it's not a use it or lose it. You're going to use it one way or the other, right? And then just having insurance and different policies and things that you have as life changes reviewed. We need to look at all of that. And Whether sure it be life insurance, disability insurance, or when it comes to age 65, typically and above, Medicare insurance. So we do help with the Medicare planning. That means Medicare maybe supplements, Medicare Advantage, prescription drug plans. Those are all individually based coverages. So your individual situation versus the spouse's may be completely different. There's so much more. Up front at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. And on behalf of Greg, myself, James, we want to thank you for listening today. Have a great week. And remember this, sound money, where good things are believable, achievable, and true for you.